Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our next episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. So as children and even as adults, we are constantly influenced by many different factors in our lives, whether it be through advertisements, our friends and family books and television. And this should be of no surprise to anyone. Uh, Influences are everywhere. Yeah. So have you ever watched a show um, as a child and then later on in life watched it as an adult and noticed all of the hidden messages that you didn't pick up on before? Uh, Some adult material might be included. I can think of shows that I watch and by adult, I don't mean like porn or X-rated or anything like that, but um, just like jokes aimed at parents you know yeah because I guess they realize they're in the audience too right it's not just the kids sitting in front of the tv or whatever it is yeah and, and, and as a parent when you're like forced to sit in front of the tv for hours on end watching the same cartoon <laughs> on repeat or the same episode you need yeah. some sort of comical relief there yeah, for the yeah. parents yeah, kill me now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I watched my fair share. Yeah, but then there's also some that have worldly views and inputs that we believe are strategically put there by some creators to influence the next next generation to, you know, do better for the planet. But it depends on the topic as well. So many cartoons aren't just song and dance. Uh, there are often motives and educational topics involved. And no, we're not just talking about ABCs here. We're talking about the underlying messages. So in, on that note, we're going to talk today about somebody who we believe to be one of the biggest influences or of my time and even Kennedy's time. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who hasn't been taken as seriously as others because of his play on words and his other outlandish characters. Yeah. So the guy we're talking about is Dr. Seuss. Yeah. So who is Dr. Seuss? So his actual name is Theodore Seuss Geisel, and he was an American writer and illustrator of children's books, for those who don't know. Um, In his early career, he did work in advertising, illustration, animation. He was also a filmmaker and received many awards for doing so and served in the U.S. Army for a period of time as well. Interesting. Yeah. So um, we found that he also wrote some adult novels, but they didn't go over so well. So he decided to focus more on creating children's books. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's where he found his fame. His first published, oh yeah, his first published children's book was uh, called And to Think I Saw That on Mulberry Street. Which is so strange because I don't recognize that title myself. I don't know if you know. I don't either. And I don't know if it was maybe done in a different way than we recognize him. Mm. But um, and that first publishing was after several books were already rejected by other publishers. Um, He got rejected over 30 times. So 
I guess this is another great example of how someone who made it big for themselves that uh, they had to start out hard and got turned down repeatedly, but were persistent. Yeah. So the next question that a lot of people ask is why the pen name Dr. Seuss? So he always wanted to actually write under a pen name and the doctor designation was more of a joke to his uncompleted doctorate degree, Mm. which I mean, logically that makes sense, I guess, but uh, it's funny. I just thought he threw that in there. I didn't realize there was kind of a logical explanation there. Yeah. So even after his passing in uh, 1991, the books continued to sell and uh, continued to be found in homes all over the place. Uh, Even for Kennedy, I know that you had quite a few yourself Mm -hmm. and my younger daughter as well. Uh, We recycled the ones that Kennedy had and a lot and some more came uh, my younger daughter's way as well. So, yeah. And as of recently, and I remember hearing a bit about this as well, uh, many of his books stopped being sold because of cancel culture and some people <laughs> viewing them as racist. <laughs> what? Insert, insert eye roll here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Some people viewing them as racist or insensitive. So since that announcement in 2021, the sales of the six books that were to be canceled actually skyrocketed uh, because everyone wanted to get one of the last copies. So this placed Dr. Seuss as sixth in the top 10 bestsellers list of 2021. And that would be 30 years after he passed, which is crazy. Cancel culture. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So, and according to various reports as um, of the early 21st century, I think the date was Dr. Seuss had sold over 600 million copies of his books worldwide. So that's 600 million like that's not just a little bit like that's that's crazy all for children's books on Mm. that yeah so and ridiculous ones right like think think of some of those characters and and the repetitive words and all rhyming and you know yeah pretty elementary but amazing yeah elementary no kidding mom (laughs) no but I mean not as in elementary school but yeah I get you so uh as some would notice because of his pen name Dr. Seuss he didn't want to have his face as the author either uh so Dr. Seuss's books now tend to actually be stamped and printed with a cat so from the cat in the hat some of his newer published ones like uh, the newer I don't know what you call it models um or re- vamped ones uh they're stamped with this cat from the cat in the hat and after notes from geisel himself it is noted that scholars believe that the cat from this tale was supposed to represent himself so a revolutionary spirit and it's funny when mom went to actually look up uh, a picture of theodore dr seuss uh he funny enough mom's like do you find he looks like the cat? So he, he kind does. of, funny enough, he kind of resembles the cat himself. So yeah. just kind of strange. Yeah. He's one of those authors that always seem to try to envelop fun characters and rhyming in with his topics. But uh, there was always an underlying message mm-hmm. of life, life lessons in there. Uh, so we're going to have a look at some of his more popular titles and the messages that they portray. Yeah, so we'll start with the Lorax. 
This is actually one of my favorites. So this is an environmentalist story and how the humans are destroying nature. And one of the popular quotes from that uh, story is, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Mm -hmm. And I actually had that as my bio on Facebook for the longest time. Um, I just love that quote so much because yeah. it's it it's not just in environmental terms, but any walk of life, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Yeah. So really, really cool. Neat. So the cat in the hat. So this is a story about how the temptations in life are everywhere and um, they can come at you randomly and really mess your life up. Mm -hmm. And the cat is on one shoulder and the fish is on the other in a lot of the scenes. So uh, we talked earlier about it and we wondered, you know, it, it's obviously got to be the, the devil versus the angel dynamic. Yeah. Right? And one of the uh, most famous quotes from that particular book would be, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. Yeah. So basically, there's lots of stuff in life out there that can be fun to do, but uh, maybe it's not always in your best interest. Yeah. And just to reiterate as well with my mom was saying about the cat and the fish, like I just revisiting some of the quotes um from the cat in the hat in preparation for this episode it's yeah like the fish is seen as the bummer in the story because <laughs> you won't let us have fun but quite literally it's almost like your conscience it, the, mm -hmm. it's the conscience in the story of like don't do that you shouldn't be doing that your mom's not home that sort of thing um so i guess i didn't realize so much that the cat in the hat was kind of a story about temptations but it makes sense when you really start to think about it so yeah kind of cool mm -hmm. do you want to do the next one <laughs> we were both like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll uh i'll do the next one so green eggs and ham a lot of people know this one i didn't even look up but i'm sure this has got to be one of his you know top three it's got to be uh so this story was believed to be written about adventure and exploration so one of the famous quotes from that and again like i didn't realize so much about adventure and exploration but when you read the quote and think about it it's like oh you do not like them so you say try them try them and so you may and uh kind of a fun fact I found when we were looking up information is that green eggs and ham was actually kind of a challenge uh, for Dr. Seuss. So he was challenged by a publisher to use 50 words or less, meaning he can use the word the several times or green several times or eggs several times. But um, the whole book was made with 50 of the same words or less. Wow. Yeah. Which, and you're thinking it's a full story and it tells like from beginning to end, you have a, an intro, a, a body and a conclusion and somehow, yeah. So super cool. So you said about adventure and exploration, that quote was, yeah, try Maybe. them, try them. So you may. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It, as a child, of course, you're not looking for the hidden message, but mm -hmm. very interesting actually yeah. when you pull it apart and look at it. Yeah. So the next one we have Horton Hears a Who. Um, it's actually questioned whether the meaning behind that book was pro-life movements or whether it was actually used to portray the movement in Japan when people were allowed to, the, uh, to vote for the very first time. 
And uh, the couple quotes that we have here, a person's a person, no matter how small. And so, yeah, that's the pro-life one. Yeah, right, right. And so the next one is we've got to make noises in greater amounts. So open your mouth, lad, for every voice counts. Yeah. Yeah. And again, revisiting the Japan and people were allowed to vote for the very first time. So, so was it determined which it was? Not that I saw. It's kind of a question and no real input from him before his passing, but people question whether it was one of the two or yeah, but both make sense with both of those quotes. So Mm -hmm. the, uh, the next one, Yertle the turtle. I I've never actually, even heard of that book. I actually. heard of it. I was just going to say, I've never read it before, um, but heard about it before. And this story is quite literally just written about Adolf Hitler. So uh, the quote from this book is, I know up on top, you are seeing great sights, but down at the bottom, we too have rights. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really, And, and it's just, I looked up what is even the story and it's about, all these turtles that get stacked up on top of each other. And obviously the one on top is having a grand old time, but yeah. yeah. The ones on the bottom are getting squashed. Yeah. And how about, Oh, the places she'll go. So you're familiar with that one yourself. Yeah. I actually have it here. I came prepared. (laughs) Uh, So this was gifted to me by mom uh, when I graduated from high school And she wrote a cute little note on the inside. It says, Dear Kennedy, I am so amazingly proud of who you are and what you have become. I know whatever path you follow will only lead to an awesome destination. Love you forever, mom. So I will keep that forever. (laughs) Yeah. The book was actually written about seizing the day and taking opportunities and trying new things. It's, it's got a really great message for people who are, you know, crossing milestones, whether that's elementary school or, you know, high school. So Mm. the quote we have for that one is you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose. Mm -hmm. So kind of appropriate for a situation like a graduation. Yeah. And the last one we wanted to mention, just uh, we just wanted to mention a couple titles today, uh, is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So as some would suspect, and as we've mentioned in our Christmas episode previous, um, this story was written about recognizing that Christmas is more than what you give and receive, that family is the most important thing and to make the most of what you have. Um, and interesting, it is also noted that there is a message that like the Grinch, if you are hurting, it doesn't give you the right to hurt others around you. And I hadn't thought of it in that perspective before, but again, you think about how does the story progress? Well, the Grinch started off his childhood, didn't start off too great and he got bullied and his looks were, he was made fun of for his looks all of these sorts of things, different upbringing. Um, And then he grows older to essentially hate everyone and everything. And one of the quotes in the, the story is, I think actually this one is in the movie itself, um, but it's help me. I'm feeling. So he's trying to fight off his feelings. So again, a a good, a good uh, outlook on that story. And um, another quote is, Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. 
And uh, fun fact, uh, this particular story by Dr. Seuss actually means a little bit extra to me as well, because when I was in grade six, I was Cindy Lou Who in my school's play. <laughs> and, you know, I remember with mom sticking the Tupperware cup on my head and trying to get all of my hair up to the top and hairspray and ribbons and yeah, yeah but I had to uh, make you look like a who. Yeah, but I could quite literally recite the whole live action version of this story, like from start to finish because of being in that play. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you did an awesome job, actually, for your age. And I mean, just in general. And also you got to sing. So that was yeah. cool. Yeah. And although this is maybe a topic that we wouldn't have normally covered, it just seemed to fit in with... Um, the things that have been coming up for us lately, we make an awful lot of references to Dr. Suits, mm. Seuss's uh, quotes and insights. So uh, we wanted to talk about him and his influence on us. Yeah, and it's really cool because as a society, most of us can connect on some of his famous lines. Um, a lot of the lines before we looked them up, I recognize them. So it's obvious he had a big influence. Mm, he sure did. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to close in reading just a few more of our personal quotes. Uh, well, not our personal quotes, our personal, personal favorites, favorites yeah. of his quote, quotes and uh, things that are impactful and that we should all keep in mind. So be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Mm hmm. And another one that he said himself uh, was today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. That's cute. Yeah. So uh, thank you again so much for listening to our podcast. And we will see you again next Monday. See you next Monday. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week.